In this episode of the Brawn Body Podcast, episode 100, I can't believe we made it. There's been some times that I really kind of question myself along the way, like, can we get to 100? Can we make it? But I'm really thankful for all of you who have tuned in and listened and supported us throughout this process. Today, we're welcoming on my grandfather, Terry Braun, and my father, Tim Braun. And you're going to get three generations of brawn in one episode. That can be a lot to handle. Uh, about them, Tim, my dad, he has a bachelor's degree in computer science from Penn State University. He then joined IBM as a computer programmer and then moved on into project management. And he obtained a master's certificate from the George Washington University in project management. He then worked more in management and transitioned into his current role as a delivery project executive with a focus on IT security and risk mitigation strategy. He's been doing that for 12 years and he's been with the company for 30 years in total. My grandfather, Terry Braun, he actually grew up in a kind of unique situation there. He grew up in uh, inner city New York in poverty. His grandmother raised him and he's gonna talk a little bit about that he entered the Navy outside of, out of high school. He went into uh, GE and worked on some F-111s. He was an IBM customer engineer. He entered management. He then progressed into technical sales and worked up to the rank of director at IBM where he was for 15 years. While he was a director, he was able to travel the world. He was ultimately the company company's problem solver. When things were going bad or not going right or deals were going south, they sent him in. So he had a lot of responsibility on his shoulders. These two have collectively over 50, if not more years of uh, working with IBM and corporate America. They've traveled the world. They've also got some really unique perspectives on life, success, and leadership that they've learned through dealing with people across the world. These aren't people who have just kind of sat around on their couch and you know dealt with your average run-of-the-mill American. They've worked with people who they might not speak good English. They might be from Argentina or India or France, all these different countries. And as you'll find out, different countries have different ways of doing things. So they've really been able to synthesize a lot of different life experiences into these unique perspectives that have made them so incredibly successful in not just life and business and financials, but also in their personal health, their personal development, their mental health. So I'm super excited and thankful for their time. I'm excited to be able to welcome them on the show. And I'm excited for you because you're going to hear some incredible advice from two of my biggest influences. So with that, welcome to the Brawn Body Podcast. All right, excited to welcome my grandfather, Mr. Terry Braun, to the show. Thank you for joining us. Uh, you're welcome. Happy to be here. So you've kind of spent a lot of your life working for IBM, but before that, you were in the Navy. You've done a lot of different things, worked a lot of different jobs. What have you learned along your journey from working for the U.S. Navy, for working for IBM in corporate America and traveling the world? Um, I, I think probably the key is um, respect people. Mm-hmm. Uh, respect their opinions. You may not agree with them, but respect them. Yep. And um, treat people very simply. Treat people like you'd like to be treated. Right. And uh, most people react very favorably. Uh, when I traveled internationally, I had a cult. I had an app on my phone called Cultures, <clears throat> and in the app, it would tell you uh, things like 
these are the do's and don'ts when you get to a country. Right. How to greet women if you're a man, how to greet men if you're a woman. Um, and uh, so that helped a lot. And one of the things I used to do was um, I would always pick a cultural thing from the country mm-hmm. and I'd adopt that. And uh, as an example, I worked in Paris for six months and Paris Parisians, uh, French, have a, um, a thing they do every single morning. The first time they meet you, they'll walk up to you, shake your hand and say bonjour. Mm. And uh, so I did that with my entire team. Uh, every morning I'd come in. First thing I'd do is go around to all the team members. And there's about 20 of them from six different countries. And um, I'd say bonjour mm-hmm. and uh, have, you know, hope we have a good day and, and then move on. And yep. uh, they react. People like the idea that you um, respect their culture enough uh, to want to adopt something that they do. Right. And uh, so you, you start to build a connection mm-hmm. between people. Right, for sure. That sounds like a lot of like personal, like soft skill kind of things we call them now. Being able to connect with people, being able to talk, being able to learn new things. Yes. And just ultimately all comes back to that golden rule, right? They teach it in pre-K, but it seems like everyone anymore has forgotten it, right? Yeah, it's gotten lost. Yeah, treat others how you want to be treated. Yeah, it's very simple. Yeah, if you treat others well and they don't treat you well back, then cut them out of your life. Exactly. If you treat others well and they treat you well back, then keep no problem, life. keep yep. going. Uh, and it amazes me how in a time like this, right, this is 2021, we're supposed to be so advanced, so like put together and yet we forget so many of these simple things. Yep. But it sounds like those simple things done really well is what led you to success. Yes, yeah. It's uh, it, it, it always uh, comes down to uh, how you relate to people and how you treat people. Mm-hmm. Um, you can relate to them well, but if you don't treat them well and treat them with respect, um, you know, and honor their traditions, because right. everybody around the world, they have their own traditions. And uh, it, it's fun. I thought it was fun learning about those different traditions. For sure. And uh, and uh, just, and I still have them. Yeah. I still do them. So it, it, it's, um, again, it's, it's back to the fundamentals. Right. Treat people like you'd like to be treatable be treated and respect them yeah and ultimately that makes your job more enjoyable more yes. fun yes. because i'm guessing putting in 60 70 80 maybe even 100 hour work week sometimes that was probably pretty taxing it, it, it's very taxing and not everybody can do it mm-hmm. uh, a lot of people uh, we had people drop out uh, for any number of reasons the stress the travel all I mean, travel itself is stressful, but uh, when you combine that with a lot of hours and a lot of pressure from executives, um, it's not for everybody. Everybody can't deal with that. One of the things that I did, um, I had a couple of rules that I lived by. I was on the road for 20 years. Yep. Um, uh, One of my rules was I will get a minimum of six hours sleep a night. Yep. Um, And uh, if you're going to start a meeting before seven o'clock, I will not attend. I'll be there the first time, but I won't be after that because every morning I went down to the gym and I worked out. Mm -hmm. So uh, that was my routine at 6 a.m. I'd get up or 530, get up, go down, work out. And uh, and that kind of get that exercise kind of gets your brain and your body ready for the day. Yep. Uh, So it starts the day off well. And then the other rule I had was um, if it was after 730, eight o'clock. Uh, the most that I would eat would be a salad. Yep. Just uh, keep it light. Keep it light because uh, a lot of my peers, um, they they weighed in. They were shorter than I was, and they weighed 270, 280. Yep. It's very easy to be on the road and, and put on a lot of weight. 
Right, because so, you're eating out a lot. You're not eat, moving around a lot. Right, long a lot days. Of salt. Yep. A lot of salt in the food. The food is, you know, sometimes greasy. It's all kinds of different things. So. Yeah, for sure. I like how again it comes back to simplicity, right? Yeah. You know, getting a little bit of sleep every night is not that hard to do. Right. Getting up and moving around for 30, 40 minutes before your day begins, that doesn't take a whole lot to do, right? You're not going right. in and, you know, doing some kind of insane CrossFit workout that leaves right. you puking afterwards. Right. It's just get up and move, do yeah. the basic things, do some push-ups, do some squats, do things like that real well. Yep. And over time, that consistency leads to success in your case. Yes. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I used to do uh, every day I did cardio and then uh, three, three times a week, four times a week, I would do uh, lightweight, yep. not, not heavy weights, just something to keep, uh, keep your body kind of fit um, and keep your strength at a reasonable level. Yep. And, that, and that helps prepare you for the day. Well, not only that, but you were able to do all those things on the road. And then when you came back to places like Colorado, you're able to ski a full day yes. in the mountains and going from, you know, wherever you had just traveled to 10, 12,000 foot elevation right. and putting in a full day skiing at, you know, late fifties, mid sixties, yep. or doing your courage, classic bike ride, doing 150 miles of mountain biking. Yeah. And I mean, mountain biking yeah, mountain in bike. three that, days. Yeah. I mean, that's just wild. Yeah. Uh, and, and that, that has a lot to do with staying in shape. Right. Um, it's easy to just sit back and, um, not do anything. And, uh, that's just a, a recipe for a disaster down the road. Right. You just, you're not going to be able to do what you want. And that was my motivation. It was, uh, I wanted to be able to do all the things I did when I was younger, uh, maybe not at the same level, mm -hmm. but be able to do them anyway. And, uh, and the way you do that is you stay in shape yeah. and you eat right. Um, so it's not hard. It's just, it just takes time. Right. And it's, the, again, we say it a lot, but it's those simple things that keep compounding. Yes. It's kind of like if we got into financial success, I'm guessing you would say simple, save money. Yep. Invest money. Yep. Let it compound. Yes. It's simple yeah, as that. That's exactly. It. So uh, as a director, uh, my compensation package, so I had a salary yep. and then I had a compensation package, which included incentives to do well yep. and have the company do well. And if they did, then I would get a bonus. Yep. And uh, what I did for a number of years, um, I could have easily gone out and bought Mercedes and BMWs and all kinds of different things, but I didn't. Mm -hmm. um, I like driving a truck, so I had a truck. Yep. And uh, what I did with the bonus money, I took that and I invested that in a 401k. Yep. So I took my entire bonus and I just stuck it away planning for the future. Yep. So, um, you know, that, that's what got me to the lifestyle I have now, which is living at a country club and, uh, and being able to do whatever I want when I want travel, yep. travel around the world, my wife and I, and, uh, I'm able to do that without having to worry about financials, but that was because I planned for that yep. way back when, and, uh, didn't get greedy and didn't go crazy buying a lot of stuff. Right. It's that delayed gratification. We yes. call it that people have lost. Everyone lives in an instant world. Now yep. you can get anything you want. Click of the button from your phone, yep. your computer, you can order it. It'll be there the same day in some cases. Yep. Yep. You don't even see the money leave because it's all virtual now. It's all virtual. Yep. So if you just start kind of putting away those acorns, so to speak, over time, that's going to grow pretty quickly. Yeah. And I'm not an expert, but I would, I would imagine that we're heading for a crash here in the next year or so. And that would be a great time to buy. Buy low, sell high. Simple. Yeah. 
Yeah, you almost never, uh, and my wife's a financial, uh, she was in the financial planning industry for a long time, uh, but you never end up buying low and selling high. You, you know, you hopefully you get it somewhere in the middle. Right. And, uh, but the key is to diversify. Mm -hmm. Don't put all your eggs in one basket. Yep. Uh, you know, pick, get a good financial planner, have a diversified portfolio. I think we're in like something 50 or 60 different stocks. Yep. Um, most of our money's in stocks. We have some in bonds. Um, and, and then the other thing you do is knowing that there is going to be a crash here soon. Um, what we do is we put a stop loss mm -hmm. um, in place that says when the market goes down significantly enough, at a certain point, then we want you to convert everything to cash. Yep. And yep. and then so you stop the loss, you stop the bleeding at a certain level, and uh, and you hopefully you know you catch it at the right time. Right, for sure. Um, and with that too, we kind of mentioned the lifestyle you live right now is not necessarily what you grew up with. To no. Put it lightly. No, I so. uh, I grew up on welfare. My grandmother raised me single single parent, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, she was very sick. She had a lot of illnesses. Uh, she actually died when I was uh, just before I turned 16. Uh, and I ended up living with my father and stepmother, um, which wasn't the most pleasant environment, but it was okay. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, what my grandmother instilled in me, I guess, is uh, treat others the way you want to be treated. Right. And, um, uh, you know, she was Native American and uh, she couldn't get around much, but uh, raising a teenage boy in Brooklyn, New York in the 50s and 60s, uh, pretty formidable task. For and, sure. And, and keep them out of trouble. And uh, I guess she, she, you know, the big thing was, you know, don't get in trouble and, you know, do the right thing. And yep. so and that to, kind of stayed with me throughout my whole life. You had to grow up pretty quick by the sounds then. <laughs> yeah, you do grow up fast. When I was 13, 14 years old, I used to go to the beach and that was take two, two trains uh, and, uh, and go to the beach by yourself mm -hmm. or, or with a friend, usually with a friend and then, uh, come back home. And, yep. uh, but that was a different environment than it is today. Yeah, for sure. You know, today it's, uh, the cities have kind of gotten out of control a little bit and, uh, it's a lot more dangerous. It was dangerous back then. Some areas you went to, there were a lot of gangs. Mm -hmm. Uh, you just, you knew what to avoid mm -hmm. and, uh, and you did, but, uh, but yeah, I, you, you, the upside is you grow up fast. Mm -hmm. um, so you become street smart, yep. which helps you through life. Right. The downside is you have a very short childhood. Yep. So, uh, you know, it's like anything, there's pros and cons to everything. Right. And you really had a ton of obstacles stacked against you. You didn't have the perfect family system. You didn't have excellent financial support. You didn't graduate high school and go right into college afterwards right. and get like, you know, a PhD or a doctorate or whatever. So how did those kind of obstacles in your way help you when it came time to career paths? Um, I knew um, in high school, I wanted to learn electronics. I was yep. really intrigued with it. And uh, I wanted to be an electrical engineer. And so I went to Navy because I wasn't ready for college out of high school. Yep. Um, and uh, I learned electronics. And when I came out, um, I wanted to go to college and yep. actually started a two-year college, junior college for electronics technology. Um, but interestingly enough, they wouldn't allow me to go into the full curriculum because they said I'd been out of school for four years and I wouldn't be able to do the math. <laughs> and um, and so um, the course that they had me in was non-credited mm -hmm. for a year. Well, the GI Bill doesn't pay for that. 
Yep. So I couldn't afford to do it because I didn't have any money. Um, so I ended up doing it at night school and uh, I took math. Yep. And uh, the first class I took, I think, was college algebra. I got a B. Then I took uh, trig and geometry, got an A, took calculus, got an A. Mm -hmm. So, you know, their assumption was inaccurate right. based on a little bit of data. And uh, but the end result was I was working at the time. I was taking night classes um, and uh, I was progressing in my career, but um, it would have been it was probably a little slower than it could have been. Yep. But it, it, it turned out really well. IBM treated me very well. I have no complaints with them at all. Yeah, for sure. You're loyal to them. They were loyal to you. Exactly. Can't ask for any more than that. Yeah. And what really sticks out to me about that, too, is, you know, you had things stacked against you. But you just kept pushing. Yeah. You didn't stop yeah. and look for a handout from anyone else. Right. You didn't stop and say, I'm not where I want to be because of this person or that person or blame the system you're in. Right. You just kind of kept pushing through it and working through it and throwing crap against the wall. And eventually something started to stick. Yep. Yeah. My dad had said one thing because uh, uh, I, I worked with him for a little bit moving furniture. Right. Um, and he said, uh, give him a good day's work for a good day's wage. Yeah. And uh, simple as that. It's it's very simple. Back to what you said. It's simple things. Yep. It's not hard. Nobody owes you anything. Right. Uh, you have to work and uh, for what you get, and you have to have the determination to go do it. Right. And unfortunately, today, uh, a lot of people think that they're owed something because other people have something, and uh, they owe it to you to give it to you, and they mm -hmm. don't. That or people overcomplicate everything. Yes. Right. Yeah. We have. So many what I call lifestyle gurus and different things like people who make a living off of telling people how to live their life. Yep. And every single time they're talking, they overcomplicate things. They make things sound cool or look cool. Yep. You see it in fitness too, right? You go on Facebook or Instagram and it's always this like trendy thing that like maybe 1% of people could successfully do. Right. And in reality, that person didn't get there by doing stuff like that. They got there by doing simple things consistently over and over again. And, you know, with that fitness analogy, if you can't do a basic push-up, if you can't do a basic squat, then don't bother going under a bar that weighs three or 400 pounds and trying to lift it. Right. Because if you can't do the simple things, nothing else really matters. And that's bigger than just fitness or, you know, anything like that. It's all of life. Yeah. Start simple and progress as you need. If you think about it, the, the, um, and, and that's absolutely right. If you think about it, uh, doing a simple squat, you have to do that your whole life. Yeah. You have to go on a toilet. Yeah. If you have to sit on a toilet, you got to get up from the toilet. Right. That's a squat. Yep. Uh, so those basic things and simple things will, uh, will follow you throughout your life and they help you. Right. So the, le the less you do, the harder it's going to be later in life. Right. And my, I, my whole thing was it's all about quality of life. Yep. Being able to do what you want to do, maybe not at the same level when you were 20, but to be able to do it anyway yep. and, and still enjoy it. For sure. So. And with that too, uh, that kind of makes me think, well, you're a pretty successful person. You get to do everything you want to do when yep. you want to do it. That's a lot of people's definition of success. Yep. Is that your definition or do you find success a little differently? Uh, no, that, that's my definition. Everybody has a different definition of success. Yep. Some people are driven. They want to be a CEO. Mm -hmm. um, I never wanted to pay the price to be a CEO because um, I don't know if I ever would have got there. Right. But in order to get there, your whole life is committed to that. Right. You don't have another life. Mm -hmm. And uh, if that's what you want, then you've accepted that. Yep. 
but uh, what you have to do is get in your head. What am I willing to do to get where I want to go? Right. And there's a price to pay. Yeah. Uh, when I was a manager and I used to talk to my employees, they, they'd want to get promoted. I said, well, I, that's fine. But understand that when you move up, you give up. Right. So and what you typically give up is part of your personal life. Mm-hmm. And if you're willing to do that, then that's fine. Then, you know, continue on the path you're on. If you're not, recognize the fact that you're not going to get where you think you want to be. Right. So, And a lot of people try and work more effective and efficient. But at the end of the day, you can only do that so much. You right. can only condense things so much right. before you just have to start putting in extra hours. Yep. Yep. For sure. So with that, before we wrap up here, is there any other tips or advice you'd like to share to the younger generations or the youth as, uh, as many problems as they might have? Yeah, it's an interesting question. Um, <laughs> I, I would go back to the basic rules. Yep. Uh, you know, nobody owes you anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to work for what you're going to get and uh, treat people like you'd like to be treated. It's not hard. Yep. Uh, and for those people, and you said it, for those people that um, don't fit in your mindset or have the same um, basic beliefs yep. that you have, um, you know, try, keep them out of your life. Exactly. They'll only pollute you. They won't help you. Yep. And uh, my wife um, said an interesting thing to me one time. She said, all your friends are really nice. And I said, yeah, because if they're not, they're not in my life. Yep. They're not my friends. Right. Uh, I don't need uh, all the drama mm-hmm. that people seem to want to carry with them. Right. Um, and uh, it doesn't help you. It doesn't actually, it doesn't do anything um, other than drag you down. So yep. uh, just keep it simple and treat people like you'd like to be treated. Yeah. And it's, it, it works. For sure. I always go back to this uh, metaphor. I compare life to a mountain. And when you're climbing that mountain of life, there's going to be people around you. Some of them are going to help you move forward. It might help you move forward faster. It might help you get higher than you would have on your own. And other people are going to try and drag you down because they think pulling you down is going to put them higher up. And in reality, it doesn't change their position at all. So when I, uh, when I got promoted to director, one of the things my boss wanted me to do, he said, I don't want you working on one deal. I want you going from deal to deal, basically a troubleshooter. Right. And so I took the team that I had at the time and I put them in a room and I said, I want you to be extremely honest. Um, I'm going to leave. And I want you to put on the board, on the whiteboard, uh, the things that I do well and the things that I need to improve. Mm -hmm. And uh, so they did that. I came back. And uh, there was one guy, he was an ex-Marine, and uh, he was an officer, actually, in the Marine Corps. And uh, I came back in, and uh, I'll never forget it. He said to me, if you told me that we were going to go climb that mountain, but we were going to die, he said, I'd still follow you. Yep. And to me, that said everything. Exactly. Uh, So, um, but yeah. Yeah, you can't get much better compliment than that, especially from someone in those shoes. Right, right, because he was a leader in the Marine Corps. Right. uh, But yeah. So awesome. Thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate you and your advice and everything you've done for me and just everything you do in general. Uh, You definitely helped make the world a better place and your stories and what you do will hopefully continue to help inspire other people to fight for a better life and become a bigger, better person. Well, thank you for having me. Of course. Always a pleasure. I'm going to interrupt the show real quick. I want to ask that you take a moment and subscribe to our podcast so that you don't miss any upcoming episodes. We've got some awesome guests and great stuff planned for the rest of your summer. 
I also ask that you share this episode with a friend so they can get some of the same advice and insights that you're currently getting. Last, I want to tell you about our sponsors. So we have CTM Band, Compression Tension Movement Band, founded by Dr. Kyle Bowling. We had him on the podcast a while back in February. He works with professional horse jockeys, Boston Marathon champions, NFL players, and he developed the CTM Band recovery products to help them get to their next level. I personally love all of their products. I have multiple versions of their foam roller, and I have their CTM band with some different attachments. I use them in my physical therapy clinical practice. I use them on myself. I use them and suggest them to people I train. I highly recommend their stuff. Click down in the link below. You'll notice there's a coupon code there for you. Brawn10, B-R-A-W-N-1-0. Go over to ctm.band, that's the website, and you can use that coupon code to save 10% on your order. You'll also find in that little description below the show that there's a link to Amazon, and that will take you to the exact massage gun that I use on myself, on my friends, my family that I gift to people, and that I've used on my patients in physical therapy practice. I like the ability to adjust the speeds between one to 20. There's a lot of control there. There's different attachments. And overall, it's a very high powered yet quiet device. I really like using it. And I highly recommend you use one if you're looking to up your recovery and reduce muscle soreness and release trigger points. So you can click on that link. That'll take you to the exact massage gun that I recommend to people and that I use myself. It costs less than $100 and some of the profits support our podcast and our page so we're able to continue bringing you great content. Thanks, and back to the show. All right, so to my dad, thank you for joining us. Welcome to the show. Thanks, happy to be here. So you've currently spent over 25 years, you're at 30 years now working for IBM, and that's one of the largest, most successful companies in history. They have a deep history of entrepreneurship and overcoming the odds. What has working for IBM kind of taught you about life and helped you kind of guide your uh, personal compass, so to speak? Excellent question, Dan. Um, I look at it, it really comes down to each individual and you Mm -hmm. got to look at key motivators for yourself. So Mm -hmm. self-motivation, self-discipline are key elements of any individual to be successful. Um, other key elements, um, and and something that I think we can get into more of this discussion later. But really, in today's society, integrity. Yep. You, know, you need integrity. You need consistency. You need reliability. Um, and you know, the self-discipline helps all of that. Right. You need to maintain accuracy in your wording, state of facts, and ensure you're speaking truth to anyone you deal with. Right. Those are two things I've heard you talk a lot about with me in the past is discipline and integrity. So discipline, plain and simple. Are you willing to put in the work day in and day out? And, you know, everyone's different. Not everyone is meant to put in 80, 90, 100 hour work weeks like you've had to do in the past. That's not for everyone. It's but, not. And, you know, and it's not you have to do that every week either. Right. right? But to your point with discipline. You know, there's times where the business is going to demand more of you. Yep. And can you accommodate and flex to that? Um, again, it's not every day, every week, but there's, you know, as you move up in different roles within a company, there's growing dependency on your skills to help address issues that come up. For sure. So you got to be able to accommodate that. 
No, that makes a lot of sense. And I like you bring up integrity too, because people anymore, they'll say things, especially online, but they don't necessarily mean them. And when you say things and don't back up your word, that makes it pretty hard to trust you as a person. And in the world of business or in the world of healthcare, health and fitness, medical, whatever, if you're saying one thing, but it's not truthful, it's kind of hard to move forward, for lack of a better way to put it. It is. And when you think of the business world, I mean, you're, you're investing money, right? You're making business decisions that can impact, impact the bottom line. Um, you know, you got to make sure what you're deciding on is based on facts. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when we talk about integrity and beyond business and personal life too, you know, it's okay to speak your, your thoughts, your beliefs, your values. That's all fair game. And you should do that. Mm-hmm. You know, integrity comes in that you know, you're consistent <clears throat> in those beliefs. You're consistent in the facts you're presenting. Right. And you're not speaking with emotion. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, it's also fair to have emotion, right? Yep. We all do. That's <laughs> part of being human. Um, but you need to make sure that your statements are factual. Yep. And many times in today's environment, especially we see a lot of emotion being spoke without the thought and facts behind it. And that's where you start seeing loss of integrity is people start changing positions and mm-hmm. retract statements because they spoke with emotion and didn't state the facts. Right. And the facts you state might be very vague at first, right? And then you might get into the more specific details. But as long as what you're saying is truthful and honest, then you can't really argue with the facts. And I'm sure you've had a lot of cases too, where the facts might not have been what people wanted to hear. You know, it might be, hey, look, you know, we just finished finalized this deal. We're going to lose money on it, though. Or this is not going to help us long term in profits. And that might not be what people want to hear. But if you sugarcoat it, try and spice it up and make it look better than it actually is, when it all comes crashing down, man, doesn't that suck? <laughs> and, and that's not business world. That's that's personal as well. Yep. Right? Is you know, if we don't speak, staying with the facts, um, no one ever wants to give bad news. It's just human nature. We try to avoid giving bad news many times. There mm-hmm. are some individuals that enjoy it, but <laughs> generally speaking, most people try to avoid, um, you know, providing that bad news because they know there's going to be an emotional reaction. Right. Uh, but the more you delay that, the more potential impact that has down the road for bad decisions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And keeping your emotions in check, like you've said a couple of times is key. That kind of comes from like stoic philosophy a little bit is it's normal to have and feel emotions, but you have to be intelligent about them and think, why am I feeling this way? And how am I going to come across if I'm feeling that way? And how can I kind of check that because you know if something comes up and you're kind of mad about it you know if you act in rage well i'm guessing your outcome is going to be a lot different than if you stay calm cool and collected from it precisely so um is there any kind of tips that you would share to people who want to control their emotions a little better when things get heated or in different situations like that it i mean it's each each to their own there's different means of doing it each person's a little different as far as what works for them Personally, what I find is, you know, as you feel stress, as you feel yourself getting emotional, just take a breath, pause, take a step back and just try to assess, you know, what's driving it. Right. And, and from there, you know, is it valid? Is it just? 
and am I thinking logically right <laughs> with what I'm about to say from there and we all get caught up in the moment different times where yeah you are going to speak with emotion mm-hmm. and that's perfectly valid I mean one of the things I learned in IBM um, over the years you know one of the classes we took is back on Lou Gerstner days he had a management class and one of the different elements he added into the curriculum was passion for the business right and, and it's it's that's the emotional element of business is it's an important piece you you need emotion it's not something we're trying to eliminate by any means but you got to use judgment around it and making sure you're making the right decisions with it with based on facts for sure for sure now with that too we've kind of talked <laughs> talked a little bit that your work is very demanding you know it's not like you can pull a nine to five and work 40 hours a week and do what you do. I'm sure you'd love to do that, but it's a little more than that. And it's very easy to get lost in the emotional side of things. So with those high demand kind of jobs and stressful situations, how are you able to kind of keep your cool in all aspects of life? How are you able to keep your mental sanity in check when you do all these other things? It's always a challenge. You need some kind of means to, you know, remove yourself from the workplace right? Um, and to just need those hours each day to just kind of unwind. Um, for myself, you know, it, it, I'll say an additional challenge is working from home, right? Right. It is when you work from home, a lot of positives to it with the flexibility and convenience of being at the house. Mm-hmm. The negative is work is always there with you. Yep. Right. Is it's a few steps away. So it, you've got to be able to mentally separate yourself from work to back to home life. Mm-hmm. And to be able to relax from there, it, it really involves you need some kind of hobbies, you need some kind of different activity you can do to relax. Family is obviously a key element. Mm-hmm. Um, so being able to step away from work and enjoy time with your family. For sure. Um, that, that in and of itself is a major element that helps reduce the stress level and mm-hmm. frustrations. Um, but also other activities, you know, sports or hobbies that way. Um, as you know, we ski a lot in the wintertime, <laughs> so skiing in the winter is a good relaxing activity, boating yep. in the summer. Uh, you know, beyond that, you know, we also have the workshop, so yep. do a little bit of woodworking to do on the side to help get mine off of mental aspects of work. Yeah, and I was going to say, there's a lot of things that you do daily or regularly that keep you kind of healthy despite working a demanding job that doesn't really give you the ability to get up and go for like a five mile walk midday or something like it it keeps you kind of at the computer or on the phone for a lot of it but every day you go for about a 30 40 minute walk in the morning get you know a mile and a half two miles in in the winter time you ski in the summertime you're boating so water skiing kneeboarding you know and that's pretty taxing it works a lot of different muscles in the body and I don't think people always realize it until they go out and do it and then they feel it the next day. They're like, wow, that was hard. And even with some of the other stuff like woodworking, you know, if you're lifting a two by four or a four by eight and you're running that thing through a joiner or planer or a table saw over and over again, and not only do you have to lift, you know, that 15, 20 pound board, but you have to be able to control it, right? Because, you know, if you move just a millimeter off on a table saw, man, that can have some crazy outcomes. And we know that by the hole in the wall. Um, Yeah. yeah. So, you know, it's these little things like that, that, um, you know, people don't always think of, but they help keep you healthy because you're up, you're moving around and you're active. 
and it keeps your mind right, but it also keeps your physical health right too. No, you're right, Dan. Uh, physical activity is absolutely essential. So, and to your point, I mean, every morning, you know, we have a dog, so yep, <laughs> she needs exercise. I need exercise. So we, we got in the routine that way is I generally start my workday at eight o'clock. Um, so before we do that, we do a 40, 45 minute walk each morning Yep. and uh, rain, snow or sunshine, usually not sunshine, but <laughs> <laughs> no, either no. way we get out there and uh, take our stroll and right. a little adventure. Now you've been traveling a lot in the past too. I know you've been over to Amsterdam and different spots in Europe in the past. You've been kind of throughout the U.S., whether that just be to some place like Connecticut or a little further to Carolina. How have you been able to kind of keep that consistency while traveling? And what has traveling kind of taught you about business, life, success, people? Yeah, so, so travel is an interesting one. Um, you, know, you still got to try to keep your routine. Uh, it, it, the one thing that I personally try to do is limit my travel. Um, and, you know, primarily as a family, I wanted to be around more with you guys growing up. Mm -hmm. um, so, yes, there was travel, but I was able to limit it compared to what it could have been. You right. Know, some jobs are 50% of travel or more. Um, you know, given our family environment that way, I didn't really want that. Um, right. So, so there's still travel involved. And, you know, in those trips that way, you know, I would stick to my routine. It would either be, you know, doing some exercise in the morning that way at the hotel mm -hmm. um, or, you know, doing something in the evening that way. Is, um, we were on one trip and in the evening, uh, the one individual we were with, um, he liked doing jogs in the afternoon after work. So not exactly the ideal time. I wouldn't necessarily do it again. It wasn't <laughs> not recommended, but, you know, you finish meals. A lot of times it's like 6.37 o'clock at night and, you um, and go for a run after meeting meals. So not the best approach, but still <laughs> it's activity. And that's the important goal is no matter what you're doing, whether it's at home working, you know, in the workforce and you know, at a physical location or traveling, integrating some kind of activity uh, periodically each day is important. For sure. And that kind of helps keep your mind right and keeps you more effective and efficient at work. Um, there's even whole movements now that uh, talk about like, you know, cognitive fitness and different things you can do with exercise to optimize your cognitive ability. And I like how you said too, it's about the power of routine. Uh, this was something that your dad, my grandfather talked a lot about is the importance of simplicity and doing simple things day in and day out and just doing the simple things really well. And that doesn't matter whether it's health and fitness, whether it's business, whether it's any kind of life thing, right? know what you want, have that direction. So in your case, you knew you wanted family to be a huge priority for you. And then you did simple things. You said, well, if I want family to be a priority, I should probably be around the house as much as I can. I probably shouldn't go four or 5,000 miles away. So it's just simple things like that, that seem obvious at this point, but for some people, they don't quite grasp, grasp that, it seems. I think a lot of today, people, and I'll say live for the moment, Yep. You know, it, it's what's intriguing today. What can I do today? But it, it's always good. And I'm not saying do this daily or weekly, but periodically, whether that's a monthly thing, a yearly thing, or every few years, but you should all always be operating to some life goals. Right. What is your, and I'll tell you, when I, when I was a, a manager too, and I had employees, you know, that was one of our discussions. And I, I still mentor individuals and it's the same type of discussion is, it's good to have career aspirations. You need those. Mm -hmm. 
But before you get there, what is your life aspirations? Yep. What is it you're interested in to do? You know, when you think down 20, 30 years, where do you want to be? And, and not just career-wise, but you know, from an individual, your life objectives. Yeah, and that can be now family, that can be your personal aspects and business. And that's a key element to me, at least, uh, that I want everyone to think about before you apply to your business aspirations. Right. And you if, need a balance. Yeah. Work-life balance. You need that balance. You need those goals. And I like what you said, too, there's this kind of delayed gratification that's required for success. Uh, so we live in a world where everything is instant, right? You can purchase something on your phone and it'll be here the same day, which is absolutely wild. You don't even have to leave your house. You can buy things without ever, you know, taking time to count out change or pull cash or waiting for someone to give you change, uh, you know, all with a touch of a button, really. So everything is instant, likes, comments, follows, everything we live online anymore. And we're forgetting the importance of, hey, sometimes we need to kind of put off the short term in exchange for a better long term. And uh, we talked about that uh, with investing, too, is, you know, if you're trying to get short term, get rich quick kind of things, yep. you're probably a lot less likely to succeed than someone who follows the compound interest kind of model, which has never really failed. It's <laughs> put some away, let it compound. And over time, it just keeps growing more and more and more. And there's no one size fits all, right? Is there, there are times for that short-term investment. There are times for those quick decisions and, and make things happen and speak to the moment. Um, so it, it, it's always a balance, mm -hmm. right? Is, you know, from analogies I use different times, the pendulum swing. Right. Right. Many times we'll swing too far to the right and then we'll shift it back and we swing too far to the left, you know? And, and it's trying to find that balance where you, you think holistically around the different criteria you have from your life goals mm -hmm. combined with the moment right what's activities of the moment for sure and with that too comes that leadership side of things right what makes someone a good leader what separates the good leaders from the great leaders from the well they're a leader but i don't really like them <laughs> I, and we've talked leadership too there's different types of leaders um, so, and there's ways to apply each one depending on the situation. Um, so if you, if you get into leadership training, um, they'll talk about different traits and also you know, different tactics and how you lead. So it depends on the situation as to which ones you apply, but uh, across the board, I mean, I, I link back somewhat to what we talked about before, you know, integrity is key, right? You know, if you want people to follow you you want integrity, right? You know, so if you keep shifting your message, one, you're confusing people. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Once confusion sets in, they're not too interested in following you for long. Right. You know? um, so I, I, integrity is certainly key. Uh, being factual in your speak and, and being simplistic in the wording you're using, you know, don't, don't communicate in a means that's very complex in nature where you're expecting everyone to have a, a master's degree Mm -hmm. to get through it you know is we can we should be able to dumb down situations and talk naturally about them yep where everyone can relate and understand them right and you know the other aspect of it when you're doing leadership you know you want to make sure you're relating to the employees and speaking to means that everyone 
can understand and relate. And I say employees, but it's, it's not just employees. That the same with you know, personal life too. If you're taking it and making the situation complex, no one's too interested in hearing that. Right. You know, they want to see the simplistic view of it to be able to take it and say, yeah, this makes a lot of sense. I, I, I'm with you. Yep. And so keeping it simplistic in that sense um, and something that the people can relate to with that, you'll have a loyal following. For sure. And um, this is something we've talked about in the past with uh, some of my college professors. I've had a lot of great college professors and I'm very thankful for them. But there's always that one or two that, you know, they have that higher level education degree, right? They might have a PhD. They might have spent years researching something. And yet they, uh, they overcomplicate things. So they take something simple and make it way more complex than it needs to be. They either unorganize it and it's disordered or they explain it in a way that doesn't really make sense to people. And I think true mastery is found in your ability to take complicated things and simplify it, not oversimplify it, but get it to a level where people can understand it. Come up with different metaphors and analogies that might help someone who's not familiar with it grasp that concept a little bit more. Absolutely. And I think just like you were just saying, that's where leadership lies, is your ability to help people understand things and then apply it because that's what a leader does. You, you, know, you might be working together on a project or a task. And if you can effectively organize people's ability to do their role, and make them feel good about doing it, yep. then the job gets done, it gets done well, it gets, it gets done quicker, and everyone's happy. Right. So you can't really argue with that. No, absolutely, Dan. Um, you know, analogies help a lot. And uh, knowing your audience yep. is important because you can put an, an analogy out there that 50% of the audience relates to. Yep. Well, how is that in comparison to something that 90% of the audience can relate to? It's right. hard to get 100%, right? Yep. Everybody's got different philosophies coming in, and it depends on the situation you're in as far as what population is there. Uh, but you do the best to assess and, and put yourself in those shoes to think of the different groups of individuals that are there. How can you communicate in the means that they'll understand? Mm -hmm. For sure. So kind of with that too here as we wrap up, is there any other kind of insights or advice that you'd like to offer to anyone listening? Uh, yeah, we talked a lot about integrity uh, and simplicity and you know, discipline that way. The other thing I'll just bring up is, you know, and I touched briefly on work-life balance is, you know, when you look at your life goals, you know, when we touched on that, we talked about starting out at that life level and then figuring out where does business fit into that? Do you live to work or work to live? Mm -hmm. you know, that, that's, that's a simple question that you gotta think about when you think about life aspirations. And you know, it, with that comes work-life balance. There's always work opportunities. You can invest 40 hours a week. You can invest 60 hours a week. Some people can, can do 100 hours a week. Um, you know, will one of those get you further ahead? That all depends on the situation and how you address it. Right. So just working harder and longer doesn't mean a thing. Right. It's really trying to get that work-life balance and making sure you're taking advantage of opportunities, mm -hmm. but maintain those basics of yep. integrity and self-discipline. Yep. And keep staying to the facts. Keep it simple. Stay yourself. Stay true. 
kiss model still applies. <laughs> Keep it simple, simple stupid. stupid. And the stupid part is referring to yourself when you're saying it. <laughs> For sure. That and um, I like how you touched briefly there on, uh, you know, just because you're working harder doesn't mean you're actually going to get ahead every time. Uh, there's a book I really liked called uh, Slipstream Time Hacking by uh, Benjamin Hardy. And he talks about what he calls wormholes. So there's certain things in life that you do that'll put you 10 years ahead of the average person. There's also certain things you do in life that put you 10 years behind them. And you don't necessarily know what those are until you do them. So try and choose what you do carefully because just blindly working harder, working harder, working harder might not take you where you want to go. It might actually put you further behind. So like you touched on before, have that sense of purpose, that drive and that goal, have some kind of end destination in mind, because if you don't have that destination, you'll get, if you don't have that plan, you'll become part of someone else's plan. Precisely. And just, you were saying about work, the old saying, work smarter, not harder. Yep. Right. It's a balance. Um, but yeah, just putting in hours doesn't really benefit anyone. Nope. Right. So you need to keep that balance. For sure. So with that, thank you so much for your time. Uh, we literally took time out of your busy work day to record this. So thank you so much for your time. As always, it's a pleasure. And uh, thank you for all that you've done for not only me, but all the people around me, whether it's, you know, friends, family, those listening to this podcast, you know, you truly care and give back a lot. And uh, that's something that's kind of hard to find in days like this. And that's something I'm forever grateful for. Thank you, Dan. I Really appreciate you having me here, and uh, as always, enjoy time with you. <laughs> as always, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Brawn Body Podcast, and thank you for being with us for 100 episodes. It's been an exciting journey so far, and I'm happy to announce that we are just getting started. Make sure you leave a review if you're listening on iTunes. Please make sure you subscribe, share this episode with a friend so that we can help more people hear all this awesome advice and insight about their health, fitness, and overall lifestyle. Last, if you could, give us a follow on social media at Brawnbody, B-R-A-W-N-B-O-D-Y, if you aren't already. Thank you so much for your endless support, and we will see you next week where we welcome an amazing guest who has specialized in physical therapy, cardiopulmonary rehab, and strength and conditioning, Dr. Matthew Walco. Stay tuned.